That'll make it easier to sync the audio. Nice. We're getting super fancy up in here. <laughs> um, if we weren't legit before, we are now. We are now. Finally. Yeah. It's taken long enough. Actually, we I mean, we actually still have a couple days before the 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 final piece of equipment, the final puzzle piece that makes everything perfect comes in the mail. That's right. Yeah. You know what we shouldn't do? What? Talk about what that piece of equipment is. We should we should Let's not. leave the mystery intact. <laughs> um all right. Uh I wonder if that I almost siren will come through. Pretty dang sure it will. Probably. <laughs> We're in a slightly less uh, noise-friendly room. Noise. Like isolated. Unfriendly yes. room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Nerd Critic, a real contender production. My name is Jordan. And I am CJ, here with my studied and credentialed friend, the critic of Nerd Critic, Jordan. Oh, you just get better at that every time. And I think <laughs> I get a little worse. <laughs> CJ is our resident nerd yes, <laughs> such a good one too um i actually i think i can say this um in all honesty my favorite nerd hey oh i'll take it cj is my favorite nerd i'll take it that's a true thing <laughs> um and uh this this uh this episode is well actually first of all i need to i need to ask cj what he's wearing what are you oh wearing? yeah yeah i'm wearing my uh dc universe um hoodie a green lantern shirt a ravenclaw belt Superman socks, one of my 16 pair, and a Superman ring. Wow, you are just decked out good. today. That's pretty good. Also, uh, a shirt, a button-up shirt with a bunch of cacti on it. Indeed. Which um, is super nerdy if you're from Arizona, which you're not. Uh, I was born in Phoenix. That's right. Yep. That's right. And yep. I don't know how often we've... And maybe we've never mentioned this on the podcast. I, I was born in Mesa. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Hey. Actually, wait a second. It's possible that I was born in Phoenix... It's possible that I was. You should, you I, li- should, I grew up in Mesa, but okay. I, I, it was possible that I was actually born in Phoenix Hospital. I feel like this is something that my mom has misled me about a couple oh. of times, where oh. like, where like I would say, "Hey, mom, was I born in Mesa or Phoenix?" And she's like, "Oh, you're a Mesa boy." And then like at some point, I asked her, and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, I knew you were born in Phoenix, Phoenix Hospital." <laughs> like, wait a second. So the, the I spent the last fifteen years unclear. thinking I was born in Mesa. Anyway, <laughs> cool. We were. But bo- I'm going to say that we were both born in Phoenix. We were both. Sure. Yes. Phoenix is a cool name anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's a crappy city. Can never spell it right. Sorry for any listeners in Phoenix. Your city sucks. <laughs> I've never, I have not been back since I left, left at like 18 months old. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I, I left in ten, uh, when I was 10, Mesa, um, which uh, is, I think, the most boring city in the United States. It's <laughs> You're not offending the, just so many people. It's not the worst city in the United States. Um, there's a lot of other good cities that can contend for that spot, but Mesa might be the most boring. <laughs> Um, the thing is, I think people from Mesa know that. I think they almost wear it as a badge of pride. Like, nothing happens here. There is no reason to go to Mesa for anything. There, <laughs> there's no reason, unless you live there. Sure. And there, it's not a bad place to live if you don't mind the incredible sweltering heat. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, is, that is the only thing people from Arizona ever talk about. The heat. The heat. It's the only thing there is to talk about. <laughs> I don't even think they show movies in Arizona, so I doubt we have any listeners there. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, so uh, today we're talking about Roma. Roma. Yes, we were. Uh, we've we've mentioned Roma in the past. Yes. It was uh, it was a huge conversation uh, piece in the Oscar conversations. Uh, it did win three. Pretty sure it won, yeah, three won three Oscars. Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, either it won three Oscars or he won three Oscars. <laughs> Alfonso Cuarón. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was so. It made such a splash that we had to talk about. Yeah. It. Yeah. It, it, it deserves. It deserves some conversation. Um, and I, at, uh, you know, up to this point, um, uh, CJ and I have not talked about the movie. We haven't. I saw it. Um, before the Oscars, I was able to actually see it a couple days before the Academy Awards actually aired. So I had, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, uh, formed some opinions <laughs> before before the Academy Awards. <laughs> what what dire straits I would have been in if I hadn't have been able to form strong opinions before the Academy Awards. Mm. Um, so that's good. And then CJ, you hadn't seen it before the Oscars, but you saw it when? Like pretty, just a, like pretty in, recently. Yeah, yeah, uh, two days ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's fresh. So it's real fresh. Uh-huh. This is, I'm excited. So yeah. I'm about to hear, along with you listeners, what CJ thought of Roma. <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. We talk a lot 
um, in this podcast. We give reasons for why we critique movies. And in the last uh, episode with the How to Train Your Dragon, we brought it up, right? It's like, why can't you just sit back and enjoy a movie? And we say, because the more you know about it, the more you can enjoy it. This movie is the perfect example of if you know filmmaking, you enjoy this way more than the casual movie fan. That's true. I loved this movie, but I will probably never recommend it to anybody. <laughs> that's that's well, you how I run I feel. in slightly different circles as well. That's so. oh, I live I live in the nerd circle, uh-huh. and you live I, more not more entirely in, in the critic circle, but I certainly it is the filmmaking circle. Yeah, there are yeah, yeah. yes yes uh, in my constellation there are many more of me. Um, I yeah I think that's a fantastic introduction to this movie, and I hey, think um, you're exactly right. Um, I, you know, it for, so I had an interesting experience with this movie. I think I mentioned this like probably six times on this podcast already. So I apologize everybody, but, ba- but basically I'd seen the first half, um, at one point and, um, due to scheduling inconveniences, I had to stop in the middle and then, um, and then I was waiting to try to go, go back and see the second half and, um, failed to make time to do that until very shortly before the Oscars. And then I finally went back and finished it. And before mm. I'd seen, it was almost exactly halfway through. Mm. And before I'd seen the second half, I was kind of like, I don't know why this I'm, movie's getting so much buzz. For sure. And then after seeing the second half, I was just like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Because it might have been one of the best movies made last year. And um, and that's not to say that the first half isn't good and the second half is good. It's to say that like any really good movie, it it needs its whole time. It has a thing to say. Set it's a, up, it's a com- payoff. It's a complete sentence. Yeah. And you have to read the whole thing yeah. before you'll understand what's going on. And it is um, quite beautiful. Yes. So um, should we talk about should we talk about the movie in a little more detail? Uh, yeah, let's do. The spoiler warning is out. Yes. Uh, we are spoiler full from this point moving forward. Spoilerful. Um, and yeah, we can nerd out a little bit about it. I'd love to nerd out a little bit. Okay. I have some things to nerd out. All right. I want to start. you want to go first? Okay, go for it. Um, Before this movie, he was on my radar, but man, like Man Crush Monday (laughs) on Alfonso. It's Tuesday. It's, well, it was Monday when, (laughs) oh no, it was, okay, it was Sunday when I watched the movie, but still. You woke up with a man. The next day. (laughs) I mean, I I was blown away at, at just how effective and it seemed effortless for him that movie it did not seem like like you know how you watch a a wes anderson movie and it's like attention to detail and you're like man that must have been torture it just looks like so much work. yes alfonso somehow made this movie and you know that there was attention to detail but it it was just it was just life it was just how it was it was not it didn't seem like he was going out of his way you just entered this this world, this moment with this woman, and you just stayed there. Yeah. And I, it blew my mind how effortless he put together that masterpiece. Yeah. Man, I, I totally agree. Um, I, was, I had my doubts about whether or not I felt like this you know, should be a black and white movie. and like, But there's something – this movie is uh, – I love, I love the word you use, effortless. I think that's a really good way to describe the feeling you get as you're watching it. It's very – Almost sort of, uh, and I'm not going to be able to adequately define this term, so if you really care, you can go look it up. But there's sort of a cinema verite quality to it. Um, it feels documentary. Um, it does, definitely. It feels like you're you're sort of just following around um, characters that n- nobody ever plays to the camera. It's just that this sort of camera, it, the, the camera is just this uh, God's eye thing going on. And it's really, it's really effective. Um, and I, so I... Um, I loved how quiet and understated every mo- moment of this movie was. Um, it was it, it not not in that kind of like way of like that sort of restrained hipster way where like, well, we don't want to say what we mean, but rather like that's how real life goes. Oh, totally. And you feel and and not not like ugh, man, I don't like this like sort of idea of saying, well, if it's like real life, it's good. If it's not like real life, it's bad. It's it's the way that you sort of that you are able to um, present an incredibly compelling and sweet and tragic and powerful emotional story with things that are not in any way heightened. Yeah. Um, where you, where you see things play out in, in the most recognizable and grounded and human way without ever resorting to any tricks. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, 
even to the point, I mean, I think one of the reasons that this was shot in black and white, um, obviously there was, I think, a, uh, probably a, a, a desire to kind of get you aesthetically in the mindset of this being sort of um, uh, kind of memory. Like this is a, a treatment of some component of history, especially of, of Alfonso Cuaron's personal history, because um, there's been a lot of talk about how he made this about, yeah. you know, his nanny. Um, and uh, so there's that. But I think one of the things I really also like about it is that there's never an opportunity to um, to rely on color, to rely on um, visual spectacle in the way that it would be easy to for some of the scenes or for any movie where, you know, you've met, maybe you've maybe got a couple of opportunities to really blow an audience away visually. And this movie basically it basically ties its own hands behind its back mm -hmm. in that way. It's like, well, we're not going to have an opportunity to blow anybody away visually, like because it's black and white. People are going to be paying attention or they're not going to be. And if you're not, then it won't matter what we do with the camera because it's in black and white. So nobody's going to be like having to look over. Your eyes aren't drawn yeah. to the screen and sort of this, you know, the, the way that we're accustomed to with like a comic book movie. Right. Or like mm -hmm. we talked about. Alita, the most, you know, one of the greatest things we can say about that movie is the production design. The color was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the, yeah, yeah. everything, the, the, the visual spectacle in this movie basically just made a decision up front or Alfonso Cuaron made a decision up front saying, I'm, we're not going to have any visual spectacle. I yeah. mean, there, if you're looking for it, it's there. It but definitely. It, it, does, it doesn't come out yeah. sort of at you. Well, I, and I remember, um, so when I was watching this movie, I was, I was conflicted, right? I could see the things about the movie that I really, really enjoyed. I felt, especially the second half, I felt the drama. I, I felt the emotions. Um, I was completely aware of everything that... Uh, the story was doing to me emotionally, but I wasn't committed um, it, to say that it that it was a masterpiece. Like I wanted to make sure that I that I really understood this movie because it's not it's not a comic book movie where I see it. I'm like, dude, that was so much fun. This is very much a auteur, auteur kind of movie, yeah. right? And so I wanted to make sure that I knew what and I was talking about. It's not fun. It's not fun. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's not fun. But I so after after seeing the movie and, and most of today, I've been watching interviews with Alfonso huh? and I've been behind the scenes and I've been trying to pretty much see it from every angle that I could. And if you get the chance to to listen to Alfonso Coron talk about this movie, it will make it that much more impactful because it is so personal to him and it's so it, it, he he really talks about how autobiographical it is for his own life and how much of it came from memory. And it's just, it, it's so beautiful. I mean, you're, you're basically watching the visual journal of this incredible man tell the story about this influential woman in his life. Uh, and it just made it that much better for me uh, and it will be one that when I go back to watch it, I'll reference everything that I've learned from Alfonso about it, and I think it'll be that much more impactful. I agree. Yeah, I kind of wish that we hadn't said spoiler spoilers from this point forward because I know a lot of our listeners will actually stop. I've heard from many people who've told me that when they get to these, that point in the episode, sometimes they pause and they wait till they see, they see the movie. Ah. I kind of wish that we had waited. We should probably be a little more careful about when we say that they're going to be spoilers until we're actually going to spoil it. Because we haven't spoiled Because we anything. haven't spoiled anything yet. <laughs> it's oh, well. true. Too bad. It's true. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to point out, um, uh, I, I want to, I, I don't know if this is the right time in the episode or if you want to, I, I think it is, uh, to talk about some specific scenes. Yeah, let's do it. Because I, there were, I would say the, at the very top of my mind, there were four scenes that just totally blew me away. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to go in ascending order and it's actually sort of, it's actually sort of chronological. <laughs> so, um, uh, the first one I want to talk about, and this is kind of like to talk about, this is to highlight was this thing that I was talking about earlier about, and, and you were talking about this real life, this cinema verite thing of being there in a way that is so realistic and grounded without, and you see drama unfolding, but it's in the most understated way. So there's this great moment where, um, where, uh, sh where she's cleaning outside of a room where oh man I just are you talking is it Cleo that's how yeah, I've yeah. been reading it yes it's so so uh, so Cleo is um, cleaning outside of uh, um, Sophia's room and or she's cleaning outside I'm saying in the main sort of the main part of the house and Sophia's on the phone with her with her husband who's left or no 
No, she's on the phone with her friend, I think. Anyway, she's talking about her husband, and she's kind of coming unglued, and she's kind of, like, screaming about it. Yeah, yeah. And in, in the process, all you see, you sort of see Cleo just doing chores while this is happening. And she's and you so hear the dialogue. And, of course, it's subtitled, so I'm reading the dialogue. Anyway, you hear the dialogue. You hear what's happening. It's this kind of, like, really tense and horrible moment for Sophia. And, like, and Cleo's just there, like she is throughout most of the movie, overhearing it, just being sort of ignored, like she's not you know, even there. And then, um, and then one of Sophia's children comes in and sort of like crouches by the door and starts listening in. And Cleo's is like, Oh, you need to not be here listening to this. Your mom talking about your dad in this horrible way, you know? And so she's like trying to usher him out of the room. And then Sophia comes out and she just, and she's, she's just lost it on the phone. She comes out. She's furious to find her, her son, like crouching by the door, having overheard that. And she screams at Cleo for letting that happen. Mm-hmm. And that whole scene unfolds in this just like, and it's, it's this perfect, perfect slice of something you can absolutely see happening in every, every detail. But the camera just sits there in the same place the whole time. And, it, and you don't, it's not trying, there's no editorializing of that scene. It just happens. Yeah. And you know, top to bottom, exactly what everything is about. Yeah. Perfect. And when in it's interesting because when you think about um, this movie caused me to think about this a lot. Uh, if you think about the like personally the dramatic moments of my life where something's gone wrong or even the passing of somebody, it's never really one. It comes like so fast, yeah. right? Everything happens so quickly that you don't live a whole lot in the moment you then reflect on it and that's where the drama comes uh and and it felt like they they kind of caught that and two it's rarely like a spectacle it's always it always just kind of happens and then moves on and in that scene and in in other dramatic scenes that's just kind of how it happens where it's just yeah. like this is this is an unfortunate moment, but it's just another moment yeah. in this woman's life, and it will continue to move forward, and you know that the end of the drama will happen, and you know something else will come, and it just is its slowly moving. They don't dwell. They don't sit for an unnecessary amount of time. They just It just happens, and it, you just move on. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it, it's just because a lot of movies, especially Oscar kinds of movies – will try and milk a dramatic moment oh, yeah, like that absolutely. as much as they can yeah. and stay get, get in, in it for as long up. as they can. Yeah. Totally. Get some Viola Davis, like ugly cry kind of yeah. situation going. Yeah. Really um, milk it. Yeah. But they, they, they just, he just didn't, they just, it just happens and you move on. Yeah. And it was, it was a really interesting attribute of this movie. Cause that's how the whole thing is. I'm gonna, so the, so the next scene that I'm thinking about is, um, is when, and you'll remember this immediately. This is like one of the big sort of, this is like, this is sort of the big, one of the maybe two big spectacle shots in the movie. Um, and it's when they're trying to buy a, a bed or a crib mm-hmm. for the baby. Yeah. And um, and it's it's Sophia's mother. I don't remember her name in the movie. And then Cleo. And, and they're kind of, you know, shopping. And then a riot breaks out outside. Yeah. And, you know, so this, this whole thing is happening. People are freaking out. Um, it the, the violence bleeds into the store that they're in. Yeah. As people from the outside run to find, you know, to get away from some of the people who are chasing after them. And then the people who are chasing after them come in. One guy gets executed in the back of the store. It's horrific. Mm-hmm. And then you come, you, and then the camera turns, and the camera's been just sort of slowly panning across the entire thing. Like, so you see outside the windows, and then you come around, you see the door, you watch, you follow the action as it goes to the back of the store. The guy gets shot. The camera keeps panning, and you turn around, and then who's there aiming a gun at Cleo mm-hmm. and her, and then the grandmother? It's Furman. Yeah. It's is the that, guy who... It's, Fermin, the, it's or the dad. It's the dad. Yeah. Of, it's the father of her child. Yeah. Which... So Fermin. this is amazing because this is something that... Um, you could you could think of this as like a narrative cheat, right? Like, oh, you... How convenient that, yeah. you know... I mean, they live so far away from each other. Like, you know, the movie made that very apparent in that other wonderful scene where she goes and hunts him down to try to give, give, give his jacket back and mm-hmm. also maybe... <laughs> Maybe suggest that maybe he could like acknowledge that she's pregnant, yes, <laughs> and that it's hers and, and that it's his. Um, but uh, which I maybe want to talk about the scene later too. But anyway, in this moment, you know, you're thinking, well, how unlikely is it? But like, 
it's so it's so narratively perfect because it's the worst thing that could happen to both of them. Yeah. You know? Like the worst possible thing that could happen to both of them. And of course, like he ends up just running away. It's it's awful. The feeling is awful. And then that leads into the third of the four scenes that I want to talk about, which is this the the worst. most harrowing oh my gosh. one of the most harrowing scenes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Which is when she gives birth to a dead baby. To stillborn. Which um that's probably, you know, one of the bigger spoilers of the movie. Um, I like that whole sequence just was again camera stunning just and horrific in every yeah in every respect and you just you can't leave you can't <laughs> you are I mean I I've never it, you can't leave and there's this it is the most it is the most flawless uncompromising treatment of that kind of material I've ever seen without question like no contest yeah. And it, anyway, and it, and it really the the can't leave. That's an interesting comment because it is, uh, it was terrible. Yeah. It, it is it is torture. You cannot, and but she can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you, you have to be there with her. You don't just edit on to the next scene and be like, "Whoo, that was heavy." Yeah. Because she still lives on, right? Yeah. And and we just sat we just sat there and. We and you hear the doctors talking, and well, you yeah, you read. We I read. You read the doctors talking, and like, what's the patient's name? And you already know everything that's going on, and you know that she does too yeah. because you are her. Yeah. And then he comes over and breaks this news that you already know. Yeah. And then they hand the baby. Well, they ask her if she wants to hold her, and she, and she yeah. says yes. And they and it just and, she and holds then you her, and, then and then they, they take, take her away, away and then and wrap, they wrap them, her up and it's just oh and you just sit there forever yeah it just takes your heart oh it just destroys it and you know I mean I was crying <laughs> yeah well um, if you weren't it's you know it's. I think there's several different reactions a person could have to that scene, but I found myself just, my heart just broke wide open in that scene. It was, it was so harrowing, not just because, not just because of like the, the scene, like it's so, it's, it'd be so easy to sort of, once again, milk that or, or call that sort of exploitation. Like Mm -hmm. let's take, you know, a woman giving birth to a stillborn, like isn't after that, a riot and after arriving, yeah, the, in that moment. it's like it's it's you know it could it could seem so sort of yeah it could seem so sort of exploitative or purple prosy right mm-hmm. but like it's not it's yeah. just real life yeah. and like this happens to people this happens it she experienced an incredibly traumatic event in that moment which will. Oh, totally. Make you premature, and you have, and and then what's going to happen? Most likely scenario, she's going to give birth to a stillborn. That's yeah. how that. That's how that story ends. Yeah. And she, and and to be stuck in that room with her, um, you have to be there with her, seeing everything happen the way she see, sees it happen, knowing everything she knows that this baby belongs to a man who is horrible. Yeah, and like one hundred percent abandoned her. Yeah, and like. And that she's alone, basically alone in the world. And that, like, she ba- she barely owns her own life. Mm-hmm. And, like, all of those things being true at this moment that she's, like, it's, like, that she's crying because she, because there's no clear answer for even how you could feel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, what, like, what, it, it's not, there, there's not a, there's not a, a positive desired outcome in that moment. Well, and I, and I think that um, after you see the end of the movie, that scene, the cry, her crying in that scene kind of even dials up the complexity of what she was feeling in that moment. Yeah, you, and that's the thing is that you, you don't, and this is one of the things that's so stunning about that, that scene, this movie in general, but like particularly that, that kind of scene is you don't know what to hope for. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like what, no matter what happens, it's, really hard and painful yeah. no matter what either way and so what and so what terrible thing are you going to get going to get handed in this moment and and it's not it's not cruelty like this isn't anybody being cruel this is just this is this is vagaries right this is just she has to this is her life and yeah. she has to be there yeah and when we're talking about the the first half of this movie when you like if you were to write down beat by beat the second half of this movie you could almost claim it as a series of unfortunate events kind of movie <laughs> right yeah but it's because of the first half mm-hmm. and and obviously the good storytelling of the second half but 
so everything that you learn, everything that you feel, the world that you're introduced to in the first half of this movie, then makes the I mean it it makes everything heavier. The magnitude of all of the events is so much greater because of how long you've lived in this world with this woman already. Um, but it also makes it just not not that the cheating like oh you're just gonna kill a baby oh dramatic dramatic it it makes it it sets up so that you feel what she feels when this happens yeah. and that that's why the first half of this movie is so necessary yeah. for to to pay off in the moments in the second half exactly yeah. exactly agreed um so let's talk about that final scene okay let's do because that is one of the most that is one of the most masterful scenes I've seen in I don't know how long. Yes. I mean, it, it is it was it was perfect for for one thing, absolutely perfect. Every frame, every moment, every element of that, just the whole thing was just, uh, yeah. I mean, indescribable. It, like, it, it was perfect. Like I said, I've been listening to a lot of interviews, and nearly all of them, the majority of the conversation is about this one scene. <laughs> It's a, um, it's it's one shot. First of all, it's one it's shot. It's one shot. It's one shot. It's one take. It's they did only you know did one time. He did one take. <laughs> Sorry. So I should full disclosure. I haven't listened to anything. I okay. haven't listened yeah. to any interviews with him. I haven't I haven't read anything. I yeah. I basically came into this episode 100% clean of anybody else's sure. ideas or insights. Not necessarily out of any sense of purity or whatever. I just didn't have the time and also I have plenty of my own ideas, yeah. so I don't. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I found out. So one, uh, I'll post it to the Real Contender Facebook. Please, but they did a round. They did a round table of all of the nominated directors, mm. um, and Ryan Coogler, which was interesting. <laughs> that's, um, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So he was there, um, and they just kind of. It's an hour long YouTube video of them just talking, and that, and it was awesome man was it cool so i'll post that to the real contender facebook but in there he um spike lee that's basically how spike lee starts the conversation he just looks over at alfonso and is like he's like so how'd you how'd you do that shot <laughs> like no preface right he just <laughs> asked the question how'd you do that shot and there's and, a lot and, and there's a lot there's of a shots lot of long shots in that <laughs> yeah. movie. like a amazing shot of really stunning yeah. like breathtaking shots yeah. in that movie and alfonso goes oh like the beach and he's like yeah and and so he talks about it and the the actress who plays cleo she got nominated um alicia apricio uh she actually can't swim oh my gosh. and so don't um, tell me that <laughs> she did not she did actually did not want to do it um and so they set up the whole the whole rig did it one time and that is what we see in the movie my God! Isn't that wild? That is that is wild. That that is uh, okay. I I don't want to get all woo woo here <laughs> or show my my um, spiritual uh, underbelly, but like I do believe I I I I am I am a God fearing person. Not that I'm afraid of God, but in the classical sense, that I do believe in God, and I am. Uh, I, I have mixed feelings about how he gets involved in human affairs. Yeah. Um, I don't think that it's very, I don't think it's as simple as, as people maybe w- would like to think it was if they are also God-fearing. But I do believe that sometimes um, God steps in and helps movies get made. And because I think that that, that scene was so transcendent and so necessary at the end of a movie that was transcendent and necessary yeah. that I can't, I mean, for it to be accomplished that way, I can't like, I'm not saying, I'm not going to stand here, sit here and say, well, this proof that God exists. I just, I personally believe that God has a hand in things like that. There's a lot that goes into making a scene like that. I mean, this is a movie that it's very hard to make movies. It's almost incredible. It's, well, I mean, it's basically impossible to make movies. Yeah. The fact that any movies get made is a miracle, but like, anyway, I mean, they they talk about in that video I'm referencing. They say it's a miracle every time a movie gets made it because is. it's so difficult to it make is. a movie. It is. Um, this is a the, Roma is a movie, and period. Just <laughs> Ro- All Roma, right. See you guys that, next week. Right, bye. Uh, Roma is a movie that will be studied mm-hmm. uh, in film school and just school. It's got to be. 
in the future and specifically that scene. That, that scene. Yeah. Um, they, they will dissect the crap out of that scene. Let's just spend a couple of minutes dissecting it now. So okay, we let's can do be, it. So we can be part of that pantheon of conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, so first of all, we get to the beach with I, I want to I mean I'm not sure exactly when this when the shot starts but they get to the beach um, there's this you know there's this moment where they you know they want the, the kids all just want to go to the beach and then there's a moment when Sophia wants to take one of the kids to go back to the car to get something and so she leaves Cleo to just you know handle the kids tells the kids don't swim don't Cleo swim. can't swim yeah and yeah so first of all I have to point out just how masterful the setup of tension in this scene is. Because once again, totally understated, totally, totally like just it doesn't seem to matter that much. It's like don't swim, don't swim. Like it's you know it, it, like whatever. Cleo can't swim, so like don't go swim. Like and the kids like ah, oh, but we want to swim. The waves aren't that high, and they're like and she's like okay, fine, but stay in the shallow end. And it's and it's all so conversational. There's no like you know cut to the close up when she's like, oh, you better not swim. Or you know, there's no there's, there's no leading. There's no leading at all. Mm-hmm. You're just sitting there hearing this convert like overhearing a casual conversation. It could be any conversation between any mother and her I children. I mean, you are almost far away enough that you could you be on your not own blanket yes. on the beach just observing. Yeah, just just hearing it. Yeah. And so and so of course they go swimming and then Cleo has to take one of the kids to go back and like get something and so and and the shot that so so we're 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 uh we're perpendicular to the water. Like we're looking down we're looking down the beach or mm-hmm. up the beach, whatever you want to say. And the sun is sort of in the back in like we're facing the sun setting, I imagine. In the West, and and so the camera stays at that on that plane the whole time. Yep. So it never turns toward the ocean, and it never turns like inward uh, in inland. It just stays right on the beach. Yeah. And then it then then it pans and it goes left. And so as Cleo leaves the shore or like goes in farther into the shore, it's just kind of you know panning left with her. And as she follows up, and there's this beautiful thing that happens where the sun just comes through the slats of the of the little. What, what bodega? I yeah, don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just beautiful and like like heartbreakingly beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. She's helping this kid like get his shoes or whatever, and like, and then you hear, you just hear at the beach, and it's not obvious. No, but you it's hear in the distance. In the distance, you hear like signs that maybe things aren't going great for those kids. <laughs> yes, and and it's mainly because Cleo is like calling out to them, like, and she just keeps saying. Don't go. You're too far out. Like, don't go. Come back in. Stay close. Stay close. And she just keeps saying that. And eventually, she has to get up and start walking back toward the beach. She's walking faster and faster. And the camera picks up the pace as she gets back closer to the water. And then she keeps going because now she's running because you know, you know. And you don't ever see the kids. Yep. You never see anything. You just follow her to the beach as she's sort of panicking and, like, running into the water. Anyway. And so, you know, long story short, doesn't she? she leaves frame to go get them. Like, she... At one point, she's out of frame for a for a moment. Okay. Like at one point, you don't see anybody. It's just waves and water. Oh yeah, yeah. And you don't see anything. It's just like you're well, you're just in the ocean. There's the occasional wave that I don't obscures everything. Yeah. But but How? you don't see her grab any of the. You don't see her grab the. So no. so all you see is then you see her coming back with one of the kids, and then like and then having to go get the other one, and and she's you know the whole time like getting deeper and deeper and having to kind of like. Because she can't swim, so she's like yeah. trying to keep the ground, but the waves are big, and they're and yes. she's like choking, and she's grabbing, and then and so you and anyway, and then she sort of helps to carry drag them back to the shore, and then up onto the beach, and then and then they collapse, down. and then the mother comes in with her other kid, and yep. and then the kids are crying, and they're like, Cleo saved us, and it's this just you know insanely beautiful moment, and yep. like and she and then and then and, and then Cleo's crying. And you don't, and and then she says she's and then, and then what does she say? She, CJ. Uh, she says I I didn't want her. I didn't want her. I didn't want her. And and it and it's it feels completely totally non sequitur. Have no idea. Yeah. Um. And then you put together as she continues to say I didn't even want her that she's talking about the stillborn baby that she gave yeah. birth to. And it's like oh is that a an unfair like like film film trick like is that like a narrative like conceit to say that she would say, no it's not you know what happened no. is her her all of her defenses all the sort of like stoic nanny defenses yeah. had been stripped away in the ocean she comes back and what's left is the raw nerve of what of her greatest her deepest pain in that moment yeah and it's like so all she can say 
with these people, the people she probably is closest to in her life, yeah. this family that she serves. Like as they say, we love you. We love you. We love you and so she, much. And she just and she has to and and it's just it has to come out. There's no guard anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's just oh my gosh. It's amazing. It's it amazing. Is, it is amazing. And I loved um, I have chills. If I just want to say that for the record. <laughs> if if you uh, did you notice how the camera moved as she was trying to get out of the water? Were you? you uh, I, I, so I don't what, remember. So what I noticed was that the camera, because it would pan left to right, right, uh-huh. and so it it would it went in with Cleo, and then it would come out, but with the tide, as the tide was coming in, it would move smoothly in, and then as the tide goes back, it would stop and even go back towards the ocean just a little bit. And then it would come. So the the camera was helping you feel the pull what the she was feeling, yeah. as which was like incredibly terrifying because she can't swim, and you could and it just it like the camera struggled to get out of the water, and it just it it, it just a tiny detail, itty bitty bitty, but did so much to add to the tensity. Just you you can feel you just know. Anyone who's been in the ocean who's tried to fight a wave, you can feel that. And if you can't swim and you're trying to save kids and you just gave birth, I mean, it just doesn't, it, everything comes together for this, this incredibly emotional moment. And you don't get more than, I don't know how far away they were from, you don't get more than 10 feet like closer than 10 feet from these people, but you can just feel it. You're just there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. It becomes incredible. incredibly intimate. Yeah. Um, I, I actually almost drowned when I was a kid in the ocean. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. In a, in yeah, a, in a, in a situation very similar to the one those kids were in. Oh, it's terrible. And uh, yeah, the, 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 the undertow as you are yeah. trying to make your way back to the shore is a truly terrifying sensation. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I mean like, yeah, every, everything about that scene is 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 amazing, and and it and it is and every and every part of that scene or that scene itself is earned completely by the by the entire movie that came before, um, which at, at the end you just it, it is the the movie ends and you are you are left with um with with everything that you that you need from that movie. Yeah, like it, it's it is so yeah. I mean. <laughs> Like, why was it nominated for Best Picture? Because it Prob- was maybe the best picture of it 2018. Was, I, it might have been. The I, be- I, I think mean, it probably was. I, it's, it's hard to, like, that's a hard thing. I mean, I, I always say, like, like this is what I was, I don't know if I said this in our Oscars episode post-show, but, like, um, I don't know how good I feel about a movie like that getting Best Picture. I, I always like it when a movie gets Best Picture if it didn't get a lot of recognition, but it was amazing and it like people, more people should. I mean, that's one of the nice advantages of a movie getting an award is or even nominated is that more people hear about it, and that's yeah. really cool. Um, so for Roma, at least it got nominated, um, uh, but it is tough. It's a tough call because like because as a classic sort of movie construct, like what is it? What makes a movie? You know, yeah. like the the the. The stu- I mean, from everything, right? The studio, pro- the production process, the pre-production, production, post-production, the studio distribution. Like how, like how does a whole movie come together? The whole crew, the director, all this stuff. So many moving parts, so many different things. Cultural re- relevance, all those things. For Roma, um, it was such an intimate movie. Um, it was a for- very much a foreign film. Yeah. Um, and uh, and didn't have the kind of grandiosity of like most sort of movie movies, right? It was <laughs> yeah. it was a very small film. It was amazing. It was exquisite. It was nearly perfect as a movie. So, like, it absolutely deserved the nomination. But, like, I'm okay that it didn't win. I just it, – it's really hard for me to to try and differentiate the quality of the movie when you have yeah. well, and Black it's, Panther it's always, versus Roma. Yeah, no, it's what always – You can't do it. No, you can't. It's yeah. always apples to oranges. And the, 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 the actual winner of the Best Picture Award is – 100% going to be arbitrary. Like, it's just yeah. inevitable. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, man, I'm so glad. Okay, first of all. <laughs> you were you thought I didn't like it. I'm so glad. <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? No. Okay. I, I mean, maybe. Maybe subconsciously you, I Because <laughs> earlier today, you were like, we're talking about Roma tonight, right? And I was like, yeah. And you're, and you're like, well, what do you, how, do you, do you, you have you a lot said to say? Do you have a lot to say? Is this going to be a short episode? And I was like, uh... No, I have plenty to say, 
But maybe don't say anything else until we start recording because I don't want you to spoil it for me. But I like all day I've been thinking like CJ probably didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I. Um, why did you say that? <laughs> well, no, because I didn't. Um, I, I was unsure. It, this is an interesting conversation for me because. It, I didn't know if I had a ton to say about it. Mm. Uh, but then as you start talking, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and this. And so yeah. it's, uh, but I did not, I didn't, I didn't really expect to have a lot to say, but man, the, when you start to dissect those scenes, scene by scene, it's just, it's I have to talk about incredible. one other moment before we, I actually have a up. moment too. So okay. you go first and then okay. I will, I will follow up. Okay. Sounds good. So the moment I want to talk about, um, Actually, can I go second? Sure. Because I just, I because I kind of want to end on this. Okay, note, yeah. So yeah. Go, go for it. Um, I I just wanted to talk about the I basically reiterating the dialed down drama without missing any emotion, mm-hmm. uh, and that is when Cleo um, tells, is it Furman? Is that yeah? Yeah. When Furman or Furman, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Furman, and then Hispanic accent that I just cannot do, but Furman um, when she tells him. She's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man! It just—I it, <laughs> don't even know what to say because it was so. Again, a moment where you—you're behind them in the theater. Yeah, you're behind them. You don't even see their faces. Yeah, you just see like her. He, well, yeah, he's kind of facing. Yeah. He's facing. Yeah, he's you don't of, like, see her. Profiled, but she's just. But but again, it's another moment that if you're going for drama, cut to the close up. Yeah, he has. He does an acting moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An acting moment. No, it, there's no. <laughs> yeah. There's no. There's nothing. There's no beat. There's no beat. It's just. Uh, and I'm pregnant, and he's like, "Hey, what does that have to do with me?" Doesn't even no no reaction yeah. at all. And she's like, "Well, you're the father," and he's like, "No way." Yeah, and 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 he's like, no way. And if you tell anybody, if you say that again, I will beat you and your so-called little one. Uh, then does this like, and yeah. then runs away. Well, she had told him she was pregnant, or she was. She had told him she might be pregnant in the theater. So you're, oh you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, going to I'm yeah. going to the in the field yeah. after so, the, yeah. In yeah, the yeah in the theater. He's uh, uh, he just he's just like, oh no, that, that's that's fine, that's fine. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and then he just leaves forever. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. And then she t- tracks him down to give back his coat because she, like, he left his coat there. By the way, heartbreaking scene in the theater. Ugh. Like, sh- like, like watching her just kind of like quietly, meekly realize that he's not coming back. Yeah. And just like picking up his coat and taking it with her. And like, oh my gosh, it's the worst. Just like the and villain of villains. So much. So much. Yeah. And just, I just, um, and then, and so then, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. I so I, this is a perfect segue to what the scene that I wanted to talk about, which okay. was actually right before that scene. So right before she, t- she comes out and says, by the way, it's yours. Um, in, in, not in the theater? Or no, no. It, right sorry. before the the fields. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, okay. She, and then he threatens her and he, and yeah, then he yeah. runs off and jumps on the truck yes. to become a freedom fighter or whatever. And then, like, you know, later cause the miscarriage. Anyway. <laughs> um, so before that, she's watching him and a couple hundred other guys his age train martial arts yes. in a field. And there's that moment where that, like, master martial arts dude comes out and like stands there and he's like going to give him a lesson and everyone, and they're all like, everyone's just dead silent. Listen to this, like, you know, this sensei or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, and he, and he, and he's, and he talks with great eloquence about this amazing thing that he's about to show all of them that only a few people in the world can do. And only the greatest masters of martial arts can do it. And then they're all waiting with bated breath to see what he's going to do. And he gets up on one. He gets. He just gets up on one foot, puts his other foot against his leg, and then just puts his hands over his head <laughs> in a sort of prayer position, and and, then closes, like a, and closes his eyes and just stands there. And everyone's waiting for the thing that he's going to do. And then eventually he's like, "You're all waiting for the thing I'm going to do, aren't you? This is the thing." And everyone's like, "Wow, that's so stupid." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, why don't you try?" And then everyone's like, he starts trying. He's like, but also with your eyes closed. And then you see just an entire field of people, spectators, all the trainees are standing in this big, impressive grid with their shirts off. And nobody can do it. Mm -hmm. Everyone's sort of stumbling and falling quietly, awkwardly, embarrassedly. Yes. And and then, and because all their eyes are closed, they're not really looking at each other. They're just kind of like in their own world trying to do this thing that they saw him do and they can't really do it. And then you see Cleo 
and she's just standing there quietly with her eyes closed, perfectly still, mm-hmm. exactly like him. And the thing that I love about that moment, I mean, that moment, like, I, I think that's probably the first time in the movie that, like, I, that, that, that kind of stopped me in my tracks, like, just that I was just like, because um, there's this, this is the, this is the moment that we get to see, uh, that we get to be um, the filmmaker, or we get to be mm-hmm. the audience of the filmmaker. The, we get to be the, the people that get to see everything in retrospect. We get to see what kind of a person she is and why this movie was made about her. Yeah. When nobody else in the whole world could see what she, who she was and what she was doing. And in that, just in that one sort of almost comical moment, you, you get to see that she's basically superhuman. Yeah. And like... Um, but she doesn't know it. She can't know it because for in her mind, for all she knows, everybody else, like half the other people there are doing it too because her eyes are closed. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't know how amazing she is. She's just sitting there. She's just, calm, just standing there, just doing it. And like, and then at one point, you know, I mean, it cuts away rarely in this movie for it to just cut away from something. Yeah. So it cuts away and then she's like trying to follow Furman and be like, hey, <laughs> I'm pregnant with your child. And then he, you know, is a dastard, dastardly uh, villain. Anyway, but in that moment, she is sort of like demonstrating who she is and being kind of like at peace with herself in a way that very few people could even understand or comprehend. And like, and no, well, yeah, nobody, 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 nobody can see it. Yeah. And it's, it's really, man, uh, the fact that uh, Alfonso was making this movie about a woman that, that basically a, a second mom, right? A woman that raised her, raised him. Uh, and that's how he portrays her. And it's not even, I'm going to make this movie about a superhuman woman. It's, I'm going to make this movie and I'm going to make it in the memories that I have. And the memories that I have, she is that superhuman. Yeah. And and she is that woman to me. And it's just, oh man, it's just so beautiful. And I would contend that she is, she does, I think, effectively stand in for so, so many, countless people who have been who are in that who have been and are in that position that Absolutely. sort of servile position we do, they are mostly invisible to us and it's it's not to say that one thing leads to the other but so many of them because of the lives that they have to lead mm-hmm. they become they become superhuman in ways that we can't even comprehend yeah like being able to endure the kind of like hardship the constant difficulty and toil and and invisibility of that position and retain your humanity, like there is something really uh, deeply special about those kinds of people that we don't see. Yeah. And like, we, you just don't see, we don't see the people who serve us. Yes. Anyway. That was good. This is, this is, I, man, <sighs> I like doing this podcast. <laughs> Me, <I> too. Do. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, well, normally we do predictions about what might come next, but I don't think there's going to be a sequel. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a sequel. What, it'll be an action movie. <laughs> what, be. What's, what's great is that we can talk about what's next for Alfonso. Yeah. And you just have no idea. Yeah. yeah the it's, dude's it's done a Harry Potter movie, the best one. Gravity, Children of Men, and now Roma. Yeah. What? The guy, and other movies, but like. He's quite a filmmaker. Are, uh, <laughs> I don't care what he's doing next. I'm going to watch yeah, we'll, it. We'll probably be there. We'll be there. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, what's our next What's our next episode going to be? Uh, well, um, you need to, to... I should say the two next two Yeah, episodes. the text, next two episodes. So uh, if you listen to our Oscar show, you know that we are um, doubling the amount of content that we deliver to you. So we are doing two episodes a week. Um, early in the week, you'll get a, an episode that we, the segment we are calling off the shelf. And then, uh, the regular episode comes later in the week, which is something like what we've done today. So the next off the shelf episode is going to be about a production company and a movie that I absolutely adore. We just talked about one of their movies. Roma is a participant media movie. So uh, with both Roma and Green Book being participant media, we felt we should focus on doing uh, an off-the-shelf episode 
specifically around them and their, their filmography and some of the movies that they've they've done and uh, it's a it's it's a lot of really good ones. Then uh, the one after that, we're stepping away from the small, quiet indie film and we're dialing up, dialing it up to a Marvel movie, Captain Marvel. Oh, so excited. Woo! I am too. I'm so excited. So excited. Already had my tickets, had them for a week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm really, this is, that's going to be, that's going to be. It's going to be a fun, fun episode. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so those are the next, that, that'll be, both those episodes will be airing next week. You can look forward to that. Yes. Um, in the meantime, uh, we are, um, uh, what, what are we, let's see, where are we at? We're, we're ready to wrap up. So you should leave a review if yes. you haven't already. You should leave a review. Um, we, have, we have a lot of good, loyal listeners. And I know some of you personally uh, haven't left a review yet. And you've talked to me about this podcast, and you've told me that you love it. And so what I would love for you to do is go yes. to iTunes and do that tedious thing and just, just leave a review. It's, I mean, it's not incredibly user-friendly, but no, if you just not. take a little bit of time to figure it out. You can figure it out. It would be incredibly helpful to us. We got a new one this past week. Should I Ooh, read it? Yes. All right. Uh, it says... Uh, it was actually emailed to me because they couldn't figure out. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm, I'm going to coach them. Through I'm going to coach them through <laughs> it. Uh, but I'm, so they don't have a user tag. But it is. <clears throat> I delight in the hilarious chemistry between the nerd CJ and the critic Jordan, all the while being educated in what makes the cinematic industry tick, and or not tick, entertainment at its best. And cut. Oh my gosh, that's so delightful. Isn't that great? I love that. <laughs> Thank you, whoever said that, and uh, and we'll we'll give you another shout out when that when that review lands yes. on iTunes. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Um, yes, uh, I think that's it for now. So um, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already, because that's that'd be pretty cool too. I mean, uh, two episodes a week. There's a lot to you're, stay up yeah, to date on. You're, you're going to want to subscribe at this point for sure. Um, and uh, Thank you, Michael Bonmiller. Uh-huh. The music, by the way, has been updated. Hey, yo. It sounds even better than it did before. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. I didn't even ask. He just reached out and he's like, hey, I, I kind of, I did some new things. I'd like to, you know, if you guys want to. Sweet. I'm like, yeah. So Thank he you. gave us an updated track. And so I mean, you might oh, be able great. to tell the difference. I could. I think it's beautiful. Nice. So, All right. I'm excited. Good job, Michael Biller. Yeah. M- bon- Michael. Michael Biller. Michael, Michael Bonmiller. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, um, remember to love movies like a nerd. Respect them like a critic. And cut. Cut.